Okay, so I was, excuse me, I was scrolling through my timeline. I saw another picture of Coretta, Miss Coretta Scott King. And the Lord has been placing her in my path. And I know that. And there's so many other things, so many other words that he's giving me, so many other things that he's doing for on purpose. I don't like to make a big deal out of certain things because I realize that, you know, I realized that he's he's doing so many other things and you don't want to miss out on something I was getting too hyped about one thing. And that's what the devil will do, you know. Once he realized he couldn't stop one of the messages that God has given to you or one of the words or one of the, you know, gifts that God has given to you, he's going to do everything in his power to, to use that moment of your receiving the thing he could not stop to stop anything and everything else on his way to you. So I couldn't stop this. I did everything in my power to stop this and I couldn't stop this. But now that you've gotten this, I'm going to do everything in my power to use everything surrounding what you've gotten to stop anything else. So you'll get so caught up in the moment thinking, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful what I just received. And thank you, Lord Jesus. And you're so caught up on this and you just want to think about it forever. And you just want to cry about it. And you just want to fall out about it. And you just want to celebrate it. And you just want to feel like you needed this and isolate everything else for this moment. And then there's so many other things right on the way. There's so many other things lined up for you. There's so many other things in the area. And as long as the devil can keep you focused on this one thing, you won't get nothing else. He didn't even want you to have this. So you feel like you've won something, like you've made it and like you've beat him, but you haven't beat him yet. You know, he's beat. But also at the same time, there's so many other things that he can keep you from if you're too focused on just this one thing. And so, you know, I've learned that the hard way, you know, the devil can't stop your destiny and he's not going to be able to stop the things that you're a destined to have. But there are so many other things in the area that can help, that can add. And why, you know, it's not about settling. You should be grateful for anything that you get, especially if it's a big thing. But the smaller little things that add to it, that make it better, that carry you through, these things can be helpful and you will be grateful to have had those too. You don't want to get caught up on one thing and miss out on the rest. So, you know, a lot of times people are like, I only care, I only care about the big things. But that's just something you tell yourself. Because if you got the smaller things or the things surrounding you're thinking, you know, I'm so grateful that the devil couldn't keep me from these other things too. When you see how much they help. When you see what they add to, when you see where they place you, when you see why they were sent, you will be so grateful that the devil couldn't keep you from this. And then it gets you thinking about what if he could have, not that you want to regret or not that you want to stay hung up on what the devil has kept you from or what or could possibly keep you from. You have to trust that you have everything that God wants you to have. But at the same time, when you get things from God, it makes you wonder what it would have been like if you never would have gotten it. And that's what makes you appreciative of what you have. So this is why it's important not to get too caught up on what you've got, what you've gotten and keep your eye out 
for the other things that are still headed in your direction that the devil wants to blind you from caught up on this one thing. That being said, you know, maybe that's that's like a definition of don't put your all your eggs in one basket. Maybe that's an example of that. Maybe not the exact definition, but that's also an example of that. And the Lord has been saying that to me for a while. Do not put your eggs in one basket. He's been all your eggs in one basket. He's been saying that to me for two years. And he had someone speak through me. It was two words that this person spoke through to me and said, the one word was, you cannot keep your hands so clenched tight that, you know, when it comes to giving and tithing that, you know, that nothing can get in and nothing can get out. So pretty much this person was saying, be very, be a cheerful giver. That goes along with the Bible. Another thing that this individual said was that, you know, And I was just in my mind, but I'll get back to it. But all I know is this individual is being, you know, spoken through by God. Oh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. This individual said, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure, you know, that you have different eggs in different baskets. And the Lord has been talking to me and speaking through me for at least two years now about these different things. And I was wondering what he meant by don't put your all your eggs in one basket because I always looked at it as, I don't really know what God means by that word because I have put all my eggs in one basket and this one basket is God. But I trust that he can disperse my eggs to whatever basket. My eggs are in a million different baskets when they're in God's basket because he can put them where they need to be. But yes, I have put all my eggs in one basket. So that's why I was like, God, is this word for me? And it was confusing me. Because I'm like, what do you mean by that? All my eggs are in your basket. I would never put my eggs in any other basket but yours. Meaning, when it comes to false god worship or maybe, you know, I'll still keep a lookout for a deal with Satan. I won't take, you know, I want to choose God and I want to do it with God. But if, you know, if the right deal comes about, you know, if I get that right price, never know. $10 million might buy me. You know, certain things like that, little conversations like that, things like that in your mind, you're never supposed to leave a door open for Satan. Because if you have a price, he will make sure that he matches that. But no amount of money in the world is worth your soul. So I always said, I keep all my eggs in one basket and it's God. I bet everything on him every time. Because there's nothing or nobody else who could ever match up to who he is. So I, that's why I haven't always necessarily agreed with don't put your egg, all your eggs in one basket. But when we're disregarding God, which I never do, but when we're leaving that out of, out of the conversation and we're going past, okay, all your eggs are in one basket as far as God goes. Okay, after that, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's what the that's the better understanding I was asking God for, and I feel like He is, you know, elaborating on that. And oftentimes a lot of people come around me saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And oftentimes I just I just wonder, I don't like to question people's character or their motives. And I realize that that may just be something about myself that doesn't make it true about them. But sometimes I wonder and I say, are you saying that, you know, possibly having been influenced by Satan to believe that it's okay for you to leave doors open? For Satan to crawl into and build up a home and or build up a place for himself or other demons and invite other other demons that are worse than himself, seven other demons worse than himself, 
you know, making you believe as if there are things outside of God that can actually get you to where you need to be. Are you one of those individuals when you say don't put all your eggs in one basket? Or are you one of those individuals who understands that it is definitely necessary to bet everything on God? But you still understand that this is also still, you know, good advice. Even even when you're betting everything on God, it's good advice to still understand how to be able to not put all your eggs in one basket while keeping all your eggs in the basket of God. This is something that I was wondering about for a while. But, you know, I just left it alone because I realized that Satan really wanted to play over that. He really, really wanted to have that because he wanted to be able to convince me that either I have to put all my eggs in one basket with God or I don't get to I don't get to decide whether I, you know, whether to disperse my eggs in different baskets so that I don't actually I'm not actually able to experience all of God's blessings for me. He was hoping that he can keep me from that. And that's why I left it alone because the Lord told me to. He said that that's Satan's playground and he wants to play over that. Don't let him. Not in your head, not in your heart, not in your mind, not in your soul. So I'm trusting God to give me a better understanding on that when it's time. But also keeping a lookout for when, you know, I can receive that. You know, you don't want to keep your mind or heart shut off so that you're not receiving the messages of God. Not that they will miss you, but just to be receptive, be receiving. So be willing to receive. So that was something I was thinking about. But the Lord put Miss Coretta Scott King on my timeline. And, you know, as I said, you know, my eggs are in so many different baskets with God, where it's like so many different blessings and so many different words I'm waiting on and so many different things I am putting hope into, I'm putting work into, I'm putting prayers on and waiting for the Lord to, you know, bring me a return on that. And he's given me so many different words on so many different things. And Miss Coretta Scott King and Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has been one of those baskets. Now, the Lord has been talking about me, talking to me about them for a while now. And it's been extremely scary for me. I don't fear anything but the Lord, but it's been extremely scary for me only because of what I've experienced in the process of this. And what I've experienced in the process of this transforming of myself is that, you know, it's so scary and it makes me want to cry. It really makes me want to cry, but I'm going to be strong. You know, what I've experienced in the process of this is the fact that a lot of our people were standing in our own way. We don't want to we don't want to be obedient to the ways of the Lord. We don't want to believe or obey the Bible and the truth 100 percent. And that's really, you know, our biggest battle, our only battle. And so, you know, the Lord had already told me and spoke to me about different individuals Malcolm X. He said that Malcolm X, you know, he said that Malcolm X was wrong. He said Malcolm X was wrong. Him preaching violence was absolutely wrong and not God's way. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. And Martin Luther King was more right. But the issue with this is that Dr. Martin Luther King was also wrong. 
And I don't want to jump the gun because a lot of people are not going to want to hear that from a woman, especially. And from me, whom it's like, what are your credentials? What is your, where's your PhD? Where's your, you know, where's your actual, you know, where's, where's the credentials concerning Dr. Martin Luther King for you to speak on him? And it's like, I've always admired him, of course. And when I was younger, you know, but not too much, I don't idolize him. You know, a lot of people get, you know, admiration confused with idolization. You do not idolize anyone but the Lord. It's very important. And ever since I was young, they preached Dr. Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King. But he, at the end of the day, is just a man. God is to be worshipped and praised. All the credit and glory and honor belongs to God. I don't believe that Dr. Martin Luther King had an issue with that per se because he was a pastor as well. So he submitted to the Lord. But, you know, I was also advised that he he may have been wrong. You know, a lot of things concerning, you know, the way he did things, you know, mostly mostly right because this peace movement this love movement this choosing love this choosing peace this choosing you know not to fight in that way to fight by loving to fight by sacrificing yourself for your brother and your sister to fight by not fighting it's a hundred percent what god is teaching me it's the way it's the truth it is the it's the answer. You know, that man stood in power and it's clear. But it's something about it that just isn't right. Something about that was wrong still. And recently I got in a word. Someone said, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. cheated on his wife. And then people want to break up the conversation of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. cheating and I don't agree with that as being a big important thing. No, I don't. Because I believe that, you know, of course you are supposed to be a hundred percent obedient to that word and you have to answer to God when you do things like adultery, of course. But no man is perfect. And that's not an excuse because I know that Satan loves to make you believe, oh, no man is perfect. And that's an excuse for you to slip up and sin. Absolutely not. The Lord wants us to be made perfect. But the issue is, the issue is, is that a reason or is that something that's important when it comes to issues as big as our community? I'm not trying to discredit. And this is what this is why, you know, I think that this is becoming more of a, a topic because it's like, OK, so we're going to overlook the fact that this man committed adultery, you know, as a man of God, as a husband and as a leader. You know, that's the example that he said. You know, because of the the bigger version of or bigger thing that he did. But when you think on a, a deeper and bigger level, when you understand, you know, backbiting and people putting their mouth on you, you understand how, you know, this is not this should not be a topic of discussion. It just shouldn't. It did happen, possibly. It's possibly true. But does that really matter when it comes down to saving souls? Do you think that a man cheating on his wife matters when it comes down to saving souls? The fact that the matter is all sin is equal, so absolutely it does matter. But also, you know, just highlighting sin as a whole. You know, none of us are perfect. When you highlight sin, you make it seem as if something is worse than the other. 
you know, we all have different things we are fighting in God. And that is, the, that is, it is sometimes difficult to not see other things as worse than others. But the fact of the matter is we're all filthy. No one should be held to a higher standard. And that is why I believe that this is not a good topic of discussion because it, it, it goes along the realms of idolatry. You're believing as if Dr. Martin Luther King should have been bigger or greater than the man that he was. He's just a man. He is not God. When you start to idolize him as, you know, something so much bigger, so much greater as if he cannot make a mistake, just like we all have. The reason why Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. That's when it's dangerous for yourself. Because you make mistakes, we all make mistakes. Never look at a person who bleeds just like you bleed, who breathes just like you breathe. An individual that God, dirt, that God had to breathe life into. Never look at them as if they cannot commit mistakes or make the same mistakes that you can make. It's difficult to grasp your mind around things when God has such a calling on certain people's lives. But at the end of the day, that's what it is. And when it comes down to it, one thing that you should know is that that's going to hurt you in the long run. That hurts you. On judgment day, no one's being judged but you. So when you put so much emphasis on other people, like as if they cannot make mistakes or as if they're supposed to be bigger or better than certain things, you're only fooling yourself. But that's not really what the biggest issue for me is. I think that that was just brought up in passing and I was trying to search and figure out what it was. And... For a while, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, you know, how Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was not dead when he got, when he was taken to the hospital. They emphasized the name of the hospital, emphasized the balcony he stood on, they emphasized the city he was in. They emphasized all these different things as if they made such a big difference. And sometimes you wonder, do it, does it matter what balcony he stood on? Does it matter what state he stood in? Does it matter what hospital he went to afterwards? You know, he still stood for what he stood for and was killed for what he stood for. Do these things really matter? Do these locations really matter? Do these things matter? But they do. They're emphasized for a reason, but don't put too much on them. That being said, you know, God always, you know, guides you into the perfect way of seeing things. You have to see it God's way. You have to allow him to guide you. Otherwise, you will be distracted. You will be deceived. And I noticed that being taught about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. ever since I was a child has, you know, has blinded me. It has blurred the lines of what he actually accomplished. Like he he accomplished such a big, great, powerful thing. But when they stuff him down your throat in school, all the way from elementary school through high school, they it's always Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stuffing him down your throat and not really actually, you know, not with real reverence. You're just feeling like you have to know him, like you have to respect him, like you have to you know, understand his whole life, but you're not truly understanding what he did. This is exactly what happened with Jesus Christ. And now I'm starting to see the pattern. The fact of the matter is Jesus Christ dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, crucified for the forgiveness of our sins as a innocent, sinless man, perfect. The son of God, the Messiah sent here to atone for our sins. The fact of that 
you know, that actual conversation has been stuffed down my throat since I was a child. Stuffed down my throat. I'm talking about Sunday school all the way up until like today to the to this day. It was just stuffed down my throat. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Do you know that he died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins? Do you know that he was crucified for the forgiveness of your sins? Do you know that he healed, you know, blind people? Do you know that he healed lame people, paralyzed people? Do you know that, you know, he turned water into wine? Do you know that Jesus walked on water? All this stuff is stuffed down your throat. And you're like, yes, I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Okay, so you you can be saved. You will be saved. Just to find out recently, I never truly accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I never truly accepted him into my heart until now. So all these years of me saying I accept Jesus Christ into my heart. No, but do you really accept Jesus Christ into your heart? Yes, I accept Jesus Christ into my heart. Forcing it down somebody's throat is not going to get the job done. You have to do the work. A lot of us are lazy. A lot of us are lukewarm. A lot of us are misled. A lot of us are misguided. A lot of us think that all I have to do is just preach it. All I have to do is just surround myself with it. All I have to do is just look like that's what I'm doing. I don't actually have to be it. And if you're not actually what it is, if you don't actually do it, it doesn't matter. A lot of people are like, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., yes, he died, you know, and that was the start of the civil rights movement. We all know who he is. We all know how great of a man he is. But do you truly understand what he did here? Do you truly understand what he truly did in his life? Because I'm sitting here honestly saying that I don't think that I truly understand it. How could I know that I truly understand it when I just found out that I never truly accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Never truly accept him into my heart, truly believing that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, truly believing that there was a man who was sent here as a son of God, born of a virgin, who was able to heal blind people and walk on water. I never truly believed that. And I know a lot of us never did either. So. How can I say that I truly understand what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did? He is not Jesus. But at the same time, these things matter. The Lord is placing this on my heart for a reason. What he's saying is, you know, we are not applying ourselves. We're not applying these things to our heart. We're not applying God's word to our heart. We're not applying these things to our heart. Once we start applying them, then we'll truly understand the message the you know impact behind the things that these people have lived and died for only by then can you truly be used by god so that being said this entire journey is extremely difficult for me because here i am i can't get up i'm fighting so hard and i look like a failure but at the end of the day i know that i'm really trying to do it for real I may not truly understand what doing it for real is like yet, but I know that I must be on the right path of it because my whole life I thought that I knew what I was or that I knew what I was doing and I had no idea, but at least I know a little more now. 
I pray this for every single last person ever. Not even just associated with me, attached with me or around me. Everybody. So, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. preached, do not hate the white man. And I see that I'm getting a lot of hate for preaching that too. But that is the Lord's way. That is the Lord's way. You have to accept it. When the Lord says, do not hate the white man. Do not hate them. They're your brothers too. They're your sisters too. And the only way for you to truly lead is to love them the same. And if you really have something in your heart that's holding something against them, love them even more. Because these things matter. And then I heard the Lord scream to me when I was listening to the Bible earlier. He said, love sorrow more than joy. The Lord had been giving me this word for a year now. He said, things are extremely hard for you and you are extremely depressed. I want you to embrace this more than the good times. Embrace this because one day you will miss it. I said, there's no way I could possibly miss this depressing, torturous, tormenting, heinous time in my life. I can't see how I ever would. And he said this last time I was right. The Lord is always right. And so he's saying, embrace this sorrow, embrace the pain more than the happiness and the joy. And it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad because I'm saying to myself, it already hurts enough, but I have to embrace the pain, man. That's just how much more it's going to hurt and does. But I understand that there's power in every word that God gives me. He says nothing for no reason. So, you know, there's power to be found in this. And I I just want everything that God wants me to have. So I'm doing everything that I can to take heed, understand, and embrace these things. Despite how draining, how difficult, how hard, how sad, how depressing, how all these, everything, all of it is. I see the woman that he's transformed me into. I fight for it every single day. With all that I, not all that I have, but just giving it everything I can. And also I'm reminded of this word. I see it all the time. If you had to pull yourself out of bad place mentally or depressed, if you're depressed or suicidal and you had, and you just got up today, I'm proud of you. That's a lot more than someone understands. That's way more difficult than someone can understand in your shoes to just get up today. To just even want to open your eyes. To just even want to be here on this planet. When you don't want to be here on this planet. That's a lot more than, you know, people understand. It takes strength to do what you're doing. And so, I have been telling myself that, you know, the Lord wants me to know this. But also, I had just gotten this word and this big heaviness on my heart that was saying that, The Lord doesn't want you to depend on that so much because he does want you to do more than just open your eyes today. He does want you to get up out of bed. He does want you to look forward to a future where you're able to function properly. He can heal you and will hope for that. Know that you can receive it. Don't get so dependent on, you know, being proud of the bare minimum and don't even, you know, while still understanding that it's not the bare minimum. 
so there's so much pressure on me there's so much pressure on me and it looks like there's none but of course that's what the enemy wants it to look like my whole life he's tried to make it seem as if I was so many different things and deep inside my spirit I fought for what I was and this is why I'm here today being what I am today I will not let him fool me again into hiding so it's time for me to come out it's time for me to be seen the Lord is revealing me he's pulling me out of hiding and I don't have a choice in that matter because if I did I would have wanted to hide all the way up until right after I walked into and received everything that was meant for me so that nobody could ever touch it or ever be able to bother it again The only time I want them to know who I am is by the time that they're so far in the distance, they don't even have an opportunity to sabotage anything concerning this. And that might still be true, but it doesn't feel that way. That being said, you know, the Lord wants it this way for a reason. He wants me fighting. He wants me stronger. But that doesn't mean don't be proud of what you could give today, what you could do. That's what it is. And, you know, the Lord has placed so much on me. My destiny is so big. The woman I will be transformed into, she's so great in God. And, you know, he put Miss Coretta Scott King on my timeline. And I kept not wanting to touch that subject because I know that there's a lot of idolatry of Dr. Martin Luther King and his wife and their relationship and everything that they contributed to our community, especially being African-American. I don't even want to call myself that, but especially being black, you know, but the Lord was saying still, don't run from it. Don't run from it. That is, you know, and then, and then I looked at her. I looked at her and I looked at her demeanor. I looked at her countenance and I realized that the Lord was blessing me by placing her on my timeline. What I've been doing is I've been feeling so drained, so depressed and so discouraged that I don't see women like the version of myself of my future that I will be. I don't see them enough. I don't have enough examples of them. I don't have enough women around me encouraging me to become her. I don't have enough women around me who believe that there's even a point to it or believe that, you know, that it is even possible. And then I look at her countenance and I realize she is like that. She is her. She is more like the version of myself that I will one day be. I see her. I see it. And it also makes sense along along the along the lines of what it takes to be a woman married to a man who does or completes something of that magnitude in our community who has such a calling on his life. That's what it takes to be alongside a man like that. It takes for a woman to carry herself in that manner and be transformed by God in that manner and to be a you know, a a image of an example, a representation of the of the kingdom. And so I saw it and I was just so relieved in my heart. I said, Lord, you're confirming. 
you're confirming, but should you be confirming right now? Should you be confirming right now? The Lord is not afraid of anybody. God is not afraid of anybody. He doesn't have to tiptoe around anybody. He is God. But I didn't know if I was in the right place to get that confirmation because what it does is it motivates me. It empowers me to keep fighting and keep going. And my enemies, they just want to beat me down that much more. They just want to tear me down that much more. They just want to torture me that much more and cannot take much torture right now. If I really needed that motivation that bad, if I really needed to see an example of that that bad in order to keep me going, can I take much torture? Because they're going to torture me for having that. They're going to torture me for every little glimpse of light that points me in the direction of my future that I will have because Satan does not want me to have my destiny, but he knows he cannot stop it. And this is why. I just immediately felt like breaking down because I understand the the pressure. I understand the heaviness. I understand the, you know, whom, to whom much is given, much is required part. Dr. Martin Luther King died for what he believed in. He died for his cause. And I have every reason to believe that he knew that he would have to. And his wife left a widow, had to be willing to lose a man like that to this cause. You know the strength that that takes? We don't truly understand today nowadays the sacrifices made for us to to live and be who we are. And I, I say that so emptily right now because I still have yet to understand truly. But I'm fighting to, I'm fighting to wake up. I'm fighting to understand it. I'm fighting to wake other people up so that they understand it and see it. We are, we are everything that the people before us fought for and still we're not. So we have to we have to make this count. 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 It was not easier for her. It was not easier for him than it's going to be for me or for anybody else who will walk on this path with me. They had to fight demons too. They had to fight in the spirit too. Yes, they did. They had to fight Satan off of their walk. This is why he had to die for this. Am I that sacrificial lamb? Because I'm willing to be. There's only one Messiah, Son of God, but there are always sacrificial lambs in order for us to survive because a majority of us do not understand the the nature. The nature of of these things. So, yeah, I'm willing to die about it. I have people recently that are around me that are saying, don't die. Don't be willing to die. Why are you always talking about you're going to die? You want to die. Because I feel like I know that I am. That's what it is. And I don't doubt that when you have such a calling in your life, that that is something that you don't know. I've seen the future, but that's not my future. 
that's not my future because my people aren't included. I've seen another future, and if I have to die for that one, that's what it is. I see it. I've seen it for a while now. But I haven't, I haven't, you know, allowed myself to feel that because I don't feel worthy. Not yet. But they're all around me. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., Coretta Scott King, you know, all of these people who died for us to be here today, our ancestors, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, all the people you're talking taught about in elementary school, they're all around me right now. Everywhere I go along this step of the along every step of the way that I take, every every tear that I shed, everything that I'm willing to give for God, which is never enough. They're right there. They're right here. And I wonder why certain people come around me and they're like you're the celebrity. And I'm saying to myself, not that it matters, but I didn't even notice. This is real. This is happening. But Jesus walks with me. He walks with me. All these people are around me, and it means so much. But nothing means more than the fact that Jesus is right here guiding me to my destiny. So I kept asking God. Because he said, I remind him of Solomon. I kept asking the Lord. I said, Lord... Is Solomon in heaven with you? I need to know. I didn't see him in hell. You haven't given me a word that he's in hell, but you haven't told me for sure if he's in heaven. Is he there? Is he there? Is he there? I need to know. Because you said I remind you of him. And I want to know if I'm going to go. And it's not going to stop me from dying for this cause. It's not going to stop me from fighting very hard for you and giving everything that I can for you. But I need to know, am I going is that why I remind you of him? Well, I'll let you down in that way. The Lord said to me, she's going to break my heart. He said, I'm going to break his heart. And I want to know, is that because I'm going to hell? <sighs> but I just don't feel that I am. God has shown me, so I will win. I will do this. It's done. Which means I'm not going. But I still had to ask, Lord, is Solomon in heaven with you? Because after all he's done, like, I can't even lie. Something deep inside of me is just like, Lord, how could you send him to hell? He conquered every demon in hell. And even though he fell victim to temptation and being enticed by these same very demons that he conquered, Lord, he deserves to be there. He paved the way for me. He wrote half the Bible that we're living by. He has to be there with you. Not that I'm supposed to idolize Solomon over God. It's just it breaks my heart when I thought about that. Because I said, if Solomon didn't have a chance, what chance do I have?
not that I want to, you know, automatically write off my chances for what someone else has lived and done. I still have to live my life and do whatever it is that's destined for mine. The Lord has promised me so many different things. He said to me that there could be a whole new Bible written at the end of this. By the end of this, an entire new Bible. And is that because, you know, women don't get enough respect? Is that because women aren't appreciated enough? Is that because this Bible doesn't, you know, this this Bible doesn't, it doesn't cover everything concerning women? No, God is perfect. It's all there. But still, he, he may feel that it's necessary and he's placing a woman in a position because he feels like it's necessary. Like this is revolutionary. Jesus was a revolutionary, is a revolutionary. He's doing it through me. He'll do it as many times he needs to. Even though the Bible says that by the, in the, at the end of that Bible, it states that we will all go into a new heaven and new earth. So does that mean that this new Bible will be a part of our new heaven and our new earth? Who knows? All I know is I've been asking God about this YouTube page, Peniel Nagande, I believe. Peniel on on YouTube, P-E-N-I-E-L. And I've been asking God about this YouTuber. I found him from somebody else's page, from, you know, hackers, demons, who are trying to steal people's money and donations, claiming it claiming them to be to God. I took notice of these things because I noticed that they were actually saying things that would have really reached your heart in a time right now where you're fighting for your spot in the rapture. And the Lord spoke to me concerning that. He said, no, those are actually demons. And I knew it. But everybody else is going to say, oh, they're just scammers. Those are demons. So I found Penio's page, and I've been I've been watching him ever since I, you know, first started watching his videos. The devil was fighting me. Satan was fighting me to not focus. He was fighting me to pull me out and pull me back. But still, the Lord spoke to me through this man's videos or through these testimonies. And it's all so true. It just like. It it wrenches my heart. But. Today. He posted a video. And he said. It said. King Solomon's mansion in heaven. The Lord kept saying to me, you keep asking if Solomon's made it to heaven. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it. You can find these prophets that I've spoke through. I've shown so many different people where he is and what he's doing right now. I've had so many people. I've allowed so many people to speak to him and encounter him. You can find it. So I started searching, but I knew Satan was going to fight me so hard on this. So I let God just guide me to it when it was time. And and this happened before. It happened in 2020. The Lord said you can find all the answers to all the questions you have right now. 
And I started searching, but the devil fought me so hard on it. And the Lord said, you can do it. It's inside of you. It's already inside of you. You can do this. But I didn't do it because I said, I said, I don't want to hurt anybody. I feel like I know who this is and I'm always holding myself back from them. And it may look like I can't, I just can't beat them. Or it may look like, you know, this individual is just, you know, better than me or whatever. But I think I know what it means. You know, I know what it takes. I know what it what it will be when I actually just do what I got to do. I know what that means. It's just, it's just the never, there's never no going back. That's what it is. I don't want nobody rushing me into that. You know, I want to embrace exactly what it is right now because I know I'll never get it back. I'll look back in however many years and I'll say, even though this was, you know, torture and a nightmare and this individual was, was possessed by Satan, it was the last moments I ever spent with them. It was all I ever had when I missed them. So it sounds messed up for me to allow myself to be tortured, but when you know somebody's going to be gone forever, I guess you're supposed to embrace whatever version of them that you have before it's all gone. I mean, it's not smart, but it's just what I'm going through. I keep hearing I'm scared of love. You're scared of love. You're scared of love. And it's like, yeah, I guess I'm scared of letting love die when someone else is not willing to save it. When you've done everything that you can and now it's up to them and they're saying they're going to let it die. So now you just have to. Yes, I'm afraid of that because I don't think love should ever die. It just doesn't make sense to me. But sometimes that's that's just what has to happen. And I don't know. I don't know. I fought past and I got us here, but it's just still so true. I mean, I want to say it's so true. It's Satan is a liar, but it still feels like it mattered. Regardless, I know what it takes in order to do that, and that's how I'm going to keep fighting. And so I'm going to keep allowing this individual to stay because I'm going to fight for them, and hopefully God can work a miracle in this situation and love doesn't have to die. Hopefully. But we'll see. But that being said, I knew what I had to do, but I said, I'll just wait on God and I'll let him do it. And he did. He did, but the way he did it is exactly what I feared. He did it like, well, I did it in my time. And you could have had it before and it possibly could have helped you and you knew that and you didn't do what you needed to do. And so I did it when I felt like doing it and how does it feel? And it felt exactly like it felt when I decided not to do it. That me deciding not to do it is the cause of my suffering. I need to just listen to him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that, you know, I'm doing it to preserve love. It doesn't matter that I'm doing it to avoid, you know, possibly, you know, the severance of certain relationships that I believe can be 
preserved. Maybe they're not going to be preserved. And maybe I'm just in denial about that. But whatever. I knew he'd do it for me. And he did. By the time he did. I was blessed to have it. But. Just could have come at a better time. And I'm doing it all over again. And everyone's saying to me, you just don't do what it is that needs to be done. And it's just not smart. And oftentimes it makes people feel as if it's not you, but it is. And it's like, I know. I know. But still, God chose me knowing that I would do all of this. So maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe everything happens for a reason. Maybe it matters. So... It also reminds me of that scripture. A sluggard in a conceit is, you know, smarter than seven people who can render a reason. Meaning, when you feel like you're right or when you have a reason to not do something or be lazy or let something go. It doesn't matter how many people tell you the right thing to do or try to guide you out of that. Into a better direction or with the right, the, the obviously a better decision. It will never mean more. It will never make more sense than what you think is right. And that's where I'm at. But it's okay because God is working on that inside of me. And I know I have to suffer because of it, but it's okay. I'll be willing to suffer. I'll be willing to suffer. I know this for a reason. I can feel it. It's something inside of me that says, fight for them. So, and also I noticed something. As long as I'm willing to fight for them, God is willing to fight for me. So he does do everything for a reason, even when he tells you a better way of doing things. Do not be fooled. Just because God tells you what to do doesn't mean that he doesn't want you to know what to do without him telling you. That being said, that was another word that I got. But I didn't linger too much on it because I realized that, you know, it wasn't for me. It was for someone else. Because I already knew that. It's kind of who I am. But also at the same time, like, I can learn from it too. You can always learn. That being said, you know, the Lord posted, you know, the mansion of King Solomon in heaven on this page. And it makes, in this confirmation, because I also have been asking the Lord for confirmation on whether this page was as anointed as I suspected. And I had said that if I found out that this page was anointed as I suspected, then I know that what I have to do is get up and I have to do it. And there's no other way around it. And that's confirmation that everything that you're saying is real and this page is real and these things are real. And there's, you know, that means that it's just as difficult as I thought it was. There's no easy ways out. There's no cutting corners, there's no cheating. It just has to be done. And he just confirmed the day. And also means that I'm on the right track. You know, I may have certain people around me that I've been questioning. They're most questioning maybe, I don't know, you know, should they be here? Should they be involved in this? Should I trust them? Should I risk trusting them? And... I think that was a confirmation on everything all at once because God can do that. But when he does it, he does it in a way like you knew this already. And so I know this is going to hurt, but I just have to rip that Band-Aid off. But, you know, I'm always, you know, 
I'm always trying to find a way to minimize the suffering and the pain in the situation for not just myself, others, because I realize that I've needed it so much, but maybe that's also why God has chosen me. Think about it. I've always found ways to minimize suffering for myself, and now I can use that to help other people who have a difficulty ripping a Band-Aid off, too. That's always hard to do. Some people can just do it and just go forward, and I would encourage that. But maybe I'm here for the people who can't. Maybe I'm here for the people who need me. Everything happens for a reason. So, I know that, but that doesn't, you know, negate that, you know, isn't, you know, it's smarter, it's easier, it's better, it's, you know, faster, it's less damage, all this other stuff if you just rip the band-aid off. And that's always still an option. I guess sometimes I'll be waiting for someone else to rip it off for me, but they're not. They're not going to rip it off for me. And when they do, I still have to do it. So. That being said, you know. I'm going to watch this video about King Solomon in heaven, and then I'm going to let the Lord guide me to wherever else video about whatever else I need to know. And I'm going to let the conviction set in on how the lifestyle, the lukewarm lifestyle that I'm living and why I'm going through the things that I'm going through and how it really is my own self-sabotage in my work with Christ. That I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to move forward and fight in time, in good, in good time, because I know that if Satan knows that I'm ready, he's going to be right there. Doing everything that he can to cheat and sabotage it. But I still have it in me. I still have fight left in me for individuals who may not go. Who would feel like the Lord has already told me they're never going to be able to accept you. I still have fight left in me. And I feel that the Lord is saying to me, well, give it all you got. That's for a reason too. Give it everything that you have. It's worked out before, but it doesn't mean it always will. So I'm going to keep giving everything I got. So I don't got it no more. Satan always wants you to give up before you give up everything because he because of pride. Well, I'm going to still give it everything that I got to give it. And who knows, maybe it'll work out. That being said, who knows how much it has worked out or hasn't. I don't want to put too much on the fact that it is working out. And I don't want to put too much on the fact that it isn't. I just want to keep fighting and doing what I can. That being said, no one can stop my destiny like the Lord said. And even if I have to suffer however much in the process because of the way that I'm doing things, I do know that everything that's meant to happen will. And that I can take solace in. I can trust God on it. 